It's the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. This week we've come to the Oval in East Belfast, the home of Glen Torren, and we welcome the Glen's boss, Mick McDermott, on the show, alongside Rodney McAree, of course, former boss of Coleraine and Dingallan Swifts. And Biko's got 90 seconds with Glen Torren's John Heron. Mick, Rod, you're very welcome. Biko, good to see you. Here we are. And the first time we've done one of these shows in a dressing room. And do you know what? This place looks great. I remember actually training in here at this ground under Roy Coyle whenever he invited me to train. And um, it didn't go well. But I've got to say, this dressing room looks fantastic. And off the back of two brilliant results for the Glens, they beat um, uh, Balamina at the weekend. They got through in the League Cup. Johnny Fraser scored a hat-trick. So... Happy days for Mick McDermott. Absolutely, Mick, you're very welcome. How are you enjoying your time at the Glen since you've come? Obviously, you've been, you know, you've been around a lot of changes here. Yeah. Oh, it's been brilliant, to be honest. We came in at the end of March last year, probably under a lot of pressure at that time with all of the changes that had happened and the fans, the club, everybody was wondering where are we going. And we knew we had to get some results. We got some results at the end of the year, ended up in the playoff final, started this year. We're trying to build a cl- team, a club, everything here from the ground up so it's been big 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 challenge but really exciting people focus on the money of course yeah. and that that allows you to to do stuff but you've got to get the decisions right so you're certainly approaching it from a different way than other managers within the league in terms of bringing people from outside northern ireland in yeah i mean the the, the player pool here is small um that's the reality small and expensive you know because the good players are all with good clubs already and the good clubs don't want to give them away so yeah, we've had to look far and wide, and as well as in the league, we've got some great signings from within the league. So yeah, we've had to do that since you know the deal didn't get across the line until late. So we were sort of scrambling as well for some players, but we've managed to assemble a decent squad at this time. Um, and uh, obviously, we're coming towards the end of the transfer window. Still a bit of movement. The way I explain it to people is, you're in the in any competitive sport business. That's the business we're in. You can't rest for a day. You can't rest for a match. We're happy with our squad at the minute, but if a good player becomes available, we're in the market. That's the reality. Uh, and what's the language bar- barrier like within the dressing room? Uh, John Heron's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Paddy McLean, we struggle with him, but the Dutch lads, the Croatian lads, they're fine. <laughs> they're all right. Uh, let's go back to Saturday. What a way to clinch it right at the end. It was a feisty affair. You end up in the stand. I ended up in the stand. I was set beside Paul Miller's brother and my brother. It was actually a good to watch it from up there. Two good lads, but... Yeah, ended up in the stand. Got uh, great to get the result the way we did at the end, the last kick of the game. Thought we deserved it. Who enjoyed it more, the players or Wendy Miller? Because he was certainly uh, uh, he, he was I celebrating saw, big time. He was he was leading the rapturous applause. I saw a few videos. Wendy always enjoys a, a win. I think he's have known him over the last five six years at Glenavon. They've had some big results there as well. So he, nobody enjoys a win more than him. What happened between you and David Jeffrey? Uh, I was in my technical area, he, well, Brian McLaughlin entered our technical area first, um, which I was surprised at, been around the world for a long time, never had anyone else sent him a technical area. He then left and then David entered our technical area, um, using abusive language to me, I then gave him a bit back and I got ejected at half time, so, Can I ask hand, handbags, if it, you want to call it that. It was obviously heat of the moment stuff, yeah. Mick, but... Glen Torn fans seem to enjoy you standing up to David Jeffrey. David Jeffrey's an excellent field manager who has taken serious stick from Glen Torn fans over the years. Was there a bit of you thinking, 
I'm making a statement here by standing no, up for my no, club. No, not I, look. I didn't see it as as David Jeffries or anybody else. It was somebody entering my technical area, and you know we're not fools. We're not going to take that abuse from anyone. It doesn't matter if it's David Jeffries or another David Jeffries. The reality is, we respect all the managers. I respect David. I respect Brian McLaughlin. Um, any manager in the league, I respect. We shake hands before. We shake hands after. Always, but when you have to stand up for yourself, you've got to do it. You can't stay quiet. And are you and David okay now? Yeah, shook hands in the tunnel. I have no problems with David or Brian. I've known Brian for a long time. Did my coaching badges with Brian. And I've known David for a long time. No issues whatsoever. One thing has changed at the Oval now is the new dugout. So whenever David does turn up here, he won't have the long walk across the pitch before kick-off. Well, same for us. I didn't <laughs> enjoy that either. You know, I was, I was, Especially when the rain's coming down sideways. And then if there are any fans in the away stand, we, we're taking the abuse. So <laughs> it'd be nice to be here for, for once, you know. Um, in terms of the squad, you, we mentioned John Heron, who's been brilliant for you. Yeah. Uh, Plum, who's come in, is is some operator. Yeah, Hervoy's uh, uh, a, a top quality player. He's played at a high level in Croatia. Um, really lucky to get him um, here, but through our contacts and probably favours, if you want to call it that. Uh, we're delighted to get him. And I think you're just seeing the start of what he can do. He's finding his legs in those first games and he's, he's going to be flying. Baker's been practising his pronunciation. It's going to be slow here, by the way, but you, you've got your eye on a certain player. Yeah, I love the look of Elvio van Overbeek. Well done, Baker. He, he looks a player, though, Mick. He's probably got 150 games in the Dutch league. He's a Dutch under-21 international, so he's no fool. Um, we knew he'd do well here with the pace that he has. And when you see him every day in training, you see the quality of his, his play. He came here not that long ago, several weeks ago, and he wasn't fit, so we've had to put him in you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You know, That was his first full game last night, so it's nice to get the 90 minutes into his legs, so you'll see what he can do in the coming weeks. You know, you also have three of my favourite strikers at this club, and Curtis Allen, Robbie McDade, and Darren Murray. You want to buy, buy them? Well, I don't think I could afford any. Are they for sale? Not a chance. Not but, a chance. And then you've got Paul O'Neill, who's one of the most gifted young players in the Irish League. So how exciting is that for you to work with those guys? Really good. And, you know, we have to manage them, of course, because they all want to play. But they're all good lads. That's the, the priority. You know, here we want good people. And they know that this is part of a process where they might not play 40 games, but they might play 25. They might play 15. But every contribution as I say, then you can be a hero in 40 matches, you can be a hero in 40 minutes. Paul O'Neill has been outstanding since the day I arrived here. Really talented lad, really fit, really strong, really powerful. Um, causes headaches for people. So he's only 19 years old, so there's, there's a bright future for him. The other lads, Robbie McDade, Curtis Allen, Darren Murray, everybody knows their quality. They've been consistent for a long time. So, yeah, exciting to have all of them, all of them here. Really good. You've worked away for so long you're now back um, number one are you enjoying it I know you've said in the past that it was a bigger challenge than what you first thought whenever you took yeah. the gig um, now a few months have passed do, do you still believe that yeah it is I mean I'd been away for 26 years um, came back had watched the league when I'd come back on holidays you know go to the odd game go to a Linfield match go to a Crusaders match go to a Glen Torn match and I've said this before I always had the feeling that the quality of the player on the pitch sort of wasn't reflected in the quality of the play of the league and because I'd been coming home from since 25 years ago the facilities weren't as good some of the pitches weren't as good so you, you always put it down to well the pitch is bad or the pitch is bumpy or but then I came home in recent years and the facilities were better and so I always thought that 
the product on the pitch could be a bit better. Now, I'm not saying I'm here to make that change, but I'm just saying I think there's the potential of this league to be better than it even is now. And I think it's outstanding at the moment. This year's going to be a brilliant, brilliant season. And you see the likes of Lauren, the way they're trying to play football. And, you know, so uh, again, those players have been, a lot of players have been over across the water and played. They've come home. There's international players in the league. So I think if they, if we all strive to put a better product out there, it's it's really possible in this league. Um, the hashtag for the club, or certainly the the, the ethos, is time to climb. Yeah. So, you know, where do you have your sights set on this season? Um, is it is it top six in the league? Is it a, is it cup success? What is it? No, we have we haven't said we had no sort of objective markers like that, like a top six, a top four, or whatever. Because I think if you don't get them, you're sort of saying, well, we you know we failed. I think our main objective this year was to be really competitive no matter if we're playing a Ballymena or a Coleraine or a Limfield or a Crusaders that whether it's home or away that they know they're in for a hell of a match you know so that was our being that's it to go out every day and train and build a competitive training squad that was that was a real priority since the beginning when we came in last year it was really light we had real young lads on the bench and that's not any criticism against them but some of them were there at a necessity um, so now we've got a really competitive group training's been excellent the, the players have really bought into what we're doing and that competitive squad turns into a competitive product when we go out to play so we just want to be as competitive as we can be can we finish in the top six who knows can we win something who knows but only the, the big man upstairs knows about that but so far so good yep happy with where we're, we're, we're moving towards you excellent a couple of questions about the takeover you come in ob- obviously at a turbulent time for Glentour and, and you know my feelings about um, Gary Smith and Paul Lehman. I think it could have been handled better. But for you, what was it like coming in at that stage? Because these two are Glentour and legends um, that played for the club. Obviously they were managing now as well. So what was it like for you at that time? Yeah, look, we knew we were under pressure. I mean, walking out that first day at, at Dungannon, you know, we, surprisingly we got a very good reception. There was a big crowd there that day. We got a good reception. But we knew there was doubt, fear, anger amongst groups of fans, amongst sections of fans, um, because Paul and Gary had moved on. Um, and you said that they're legends of the club. They're still legends of the club, and both of them are welcome back here at any time. And in fact, we're trying to arrange some legends events for the near future here to come to the facilities and play. And they'll be top of that list to be back here. Um, so I hope they embrace that. We'll embrace them as part of the family, and we can move forward. And Ali Poor, obviously the big money investor. Glentorn fans would love to know, is he here to stay? He's here for now. I mean, he's, he's, he's not here to make money, but he's not here to lose it. Um, he wants us to work. Um, he's an entrepreneur, businessman, a sport fan. And I think he's you know, shown his cards here with, with, you know, there was that worry of, well, like has happened in the South where somebody's tried to buy a club, sell the land and, you know, develop the land and move on. But that's, that's not happening. Um, he's here to build a football club, a football team, and with success, yeah, I mean, he's here for the long haul. Roddy McAree's with us. Rod, always good to see you. And obviously, in different circumstances, you may be managing the club in the league. That's not the bay at this particular time, so are you missing it? I'm missing it. I've noticed that I've moved further down the line from last season, so I just hope <laughs> next season I'm not making you and Stephen a, a cup of tea. <laughs> <coughs> um, I do miss it, yeah, obviously, you miss it. You miss the involvement. You miss it. It's great to be sitting doing this interview in a in a changing room because that's where everybody wants to be within the changing room, within the dressing room, out in the training pitch. 
And unfortunately for me at this moment in time, it's, it's just not happening that way. Yeah, you left Korean by mutual consent. Um, I'm sure that was difficult for you. Because at the end of the day, you left your club, the club that was so associated with your family to go to Korean. And, you know, for you personally, it must have felt like a real kick in the teeth. It was probably mistakes, mistakes that I made probably right from the beginning. Um, in terms of the, the area, the Koreans and my, myself and my wife love the area. So it was an opportunity to get involved in a club that we, we had a good affiliation with and we still do. Um, but it was, a, it was a challenge. It was a challenge that I wanted to take. But it, I didn't look at the bigger picture and I should have looked at the bigger picture in terms of who you're going to be working with, the style of play you want to implement on the team, the facilities that you're going to be working within. So it, it made it a little bit more difficult, but you got to learn from the mistakes that I've made as well. It, it was an experience. It, it maybe wasn't the best experience, but it's still an experience, and i gotta, I got to take some positives out of it and, and try to learn from it. Was one of those mistakes, Rod, um, not bringing in your own staff? Mick, whenever he came into Glentorn, he made sure that he was bringing in people that he wanted at the football club, yet you st- stuck with the the... Oren Kearney's staff, his coaching staff. Those guys were great. Those guys, I, like, I, have, I have respect for those guys. They, they helped me whenever I went up. But it was never really an option for me to bring in staff right from the beginning. There was never really that option. There was a, there was a conversation that was maybe put out in, in January, and it was only a conversation in, a, in, a, in an office. It wasn't within a board meeting, anything like that. It was, if you want to bring in somebody, you can bring in your own staff, or you want to replace anybody. But it was never really passed, so it was always a it was always a situation where I knew right from the beginning that I who I was going to be working with, and it was it was probably club led, um, and that's that's fair enough. That was something that I decided to go and and give a rattle at. Um, in hindsight, it was probably the wrong thing to do. I should have I should have maybe held out and and wanted to get people in. And I, I don't want to be hard on, on people that I was working with, um, but they maybe didn't see the game being played the way that I wanted to see it being played either. You know so. You need people around you who know you, you need people around you who trust you and, and you need people around you who's, who's going to drive your own philosophy forward as well. And what about the players? There were a lot of rumours at the time that um, there was a bit of player power in that particular dressing room. Any thoughts on that? I'd say there's player power within every dressing room now. Um, players in every dressing room seem to have plenty to say. Um, but. They weren't. They weren't my players. I acquired them. I, listen, the majority of the players that I worked with were were exceptional in the time that I was there. It was a period of transition for Korean. We had um, Korean had lost four good players at the start of last season. Brad Lenz, it just went just before the window had shut. Um, we we were working along with a, a very sort of a weak set, weak squad in terms of numbers. We had no Arn Trainer. We had no Lynn Keen. Um, so it was there was a lot of there was a lot, a lot of obstacles and that period of transition was was hard it was hard to get over and it needed a little bit more duration for for you to really get your own stamp on things because we we lost in a semi final here at the oval and if we had had the penalty kick we were right bang back into the game we lost a semi final of a European playoff as well at Cliftonville through a very dubious penalty decision given against mm-hmm. us so there was a lot of little things went against us and. I believe that if it, if it had been a little bit more duration, then we would have been able to put a little bit more of a stamp on it and we would have got a wee bit more results from it. You wish there was VAR, Rod? 
I'm not a big fan of VAR, but <laughs> don't get Mick started in VAR. He hates it. Um, you, you've been out and about. You've got across the league this season so yeah. far. I mean, this promises to be the tightest season ever. I mean, teams yeah. are taking points off each other. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, I was down at the. I was down Glentorn and Coleraine a couple of weeks ago, just prior to Glentorn going to Dungan, and I thought Glentorn were very good in that evening. Coleraine um, were very good also. It was a, a very entertaining game. What pleased me so so much about that game that, that night was the support and the crowd that came out to support Glentorn that evening, and that's a real positive as well because they are obviously buying into what's happening here for Mick. Um, but I watched that, and then I was very surprised then that that same Glentorn side went to Dungannon the week the weekend after that and and came out with a defeat. So it's um, there's a lot of quality within the league. Whenever you look at the teams that's put out on the pitch last night, and in terms of a little bit of rotation within all the all the clubs. There's still a lot of quality going out onto the pitch. Uh, can we just talk about Dungannon momentarily? I mean, what a start of the season. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, to be honest, a little bit surprised, um, but delighted for Dungannon. I've been about Dungannon Swift since, since I was born, um, and by no means I would, I would never want to see them do anything but well. Um, they've had a fantastic start of the season. Um, they, they, they were unbeaten in the first two games. Drawing one, winning one, and then they, they played Glentorn, and that was the start of a maybe a, a six game run where there's Glentorn, Glenavon this week with Crusaders and so on, there's the Larns within that, and you were sort of fearful that they maybe wouldn't have picked up any points out of the, that run of six games. So, so far, they've got six points from two games out of that six, six game run, which is a fantastic achievement. I watched them last night and I watched them at the weekend also. They have a lot of energy in their team, um, a lot of hard work in their team. Their, their midfield is is very good, he rotates in midfield, the players rotate within the game and, and they do it extremely well and, and fair play, it's, it's great to see. Have you thought about what's next? What's next? Um, at the moment I'm, I'm back involved with Dungan United Youth, which I'm, which I'm enjoying. My dad's probably not getting any younger, he'd still tell you that he's 59, but he's not getting any younger, so it's, it's nice to be back in around there and helping him. He's, he's just at a new facility put up with changing room blocks, gymnasium, cafe, um, so it's, it's great. It's, it's an exciting time at Dungan United Youth, so I'm enjoying that at this moment in time. Done a little bit of radio work, but I do miss the on field. I do miss the the training side of things. I, I do I do miss the coaching side of things first and foremost. I think Rod will be back. It'll be interesting whenever the first manager in the Irish League gets sacked, because you can bet your bottom dollar Rod will be on the shortlist. And um, he's a fantastic coach. I think a very very good manager. And um, uh, the Irish League can do with people like Rod McMacarie in it. Right. Let's get to ninety seconds this week. Bigo, who have you got? We have got a brilliant player um, and a guy that Mick knows very well, John Heron. John, thanks for doing this. So, mate, best player played with? Um, there's a few I'd say. He's up for Ballon d'Or, so Jose Van, Van Dyke. Toughest opponent? Uh, I've put against Schneider, I'll say him. Favourite ground? Celtic Park. Worst ground? Ibrox. Best dancer at your club? Apart from myself, um, Cricky, Cricky Gallagher, he's got a wee bit. Worst dancer? Connor Pepper. Best fashion sense? Again, apart from myself, Willie Garrett, he likes a wee, a wee designer, so I'll say Willie. He'll love that. Worst fashion sense? Again, Connor Pepper, he owns, he owns a rascal pair of trainers, Skechers. <laughs> Shocking. Best trainer? Um, they've got a few good trainers. Elliot, I'll say Elliot because he's done it for long enough and he's always here. So, Worst trainer? Dizzle. Best football moment? Make my debut for Celtic, yeah. Worst football moment? 
Um, I didn't like last year losing to Linfield, five and whatever it was. So try and, for, try and forget that. You'll have to change that around this season. Team you support? Celtic. Football hero? Um, Zidane. Favorite sports star outside of football? Floyd Mayweather. Favorite TV show? Peaky Blinders, I know. Yeah. Favorite movie? Oh, it's a hard one. Favorite movie? I'd say Coach Carter. Favorite video game? I'm not really a big PlayStation man or anything, but if I do, it's FIFA, so I'll say FIFA. Favourite singer or group? Drake. Favourite drink? Einbrew. Had to be there, didn't it? Favourite holiday destination? Uh, Mexico. I've been there a lot, so... And who would you most like to meet, John? I'd say probably... I'll say Zidane, yeah. Zidane. Good man. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Good to hear from John Heron. We're into this week's fixtures in the Danske Bank Premiership and it all kicks off on Friday night. Carrick at home to Balamina. Yeah, and Balamina need to bounce back and bounce back big style because that was a, a really tough defeat to take. When you're leading and you lose the game essentially in the last few minutes, David Jeffrey would not have been a happy bunny. Um, uh, I think they will win at Carrick, I've got to say. I've said all along that Carrick's big battles, Pete, will come against the likes of Institute, Warren Point. I thought it would come against Dungannon, but they're showing title form. Um, Not that they'll go on and win it. There's no chance of that happening, by the way. I have to say that. I think Chris Lindsay is doing a fantastic job, but he's not going to win the title. Chris has got a clip this now. Just show it to the boys every week. (laughs) He can do it if he wants. But for that match, Carrick against Balamina, I think Balamina will come back strong. I'm looking at maybe... 2-1 2-1 to, to Balamina. It might be tight enough because Carrick at home are dangerous, but Balamina to win that one 2-1. What do you think, Mick? I think there'll be a reaction from Balamina, but uh, Carrick's not an easy place. So, um, But yeah, Balamina. Balamina will take the result. Do you have a result for us? 2-0. 2-0, right. You kind of dominated Balamina, though, for long periods, yeah. um, exactly. and that would have been surprising to the neutral. Yeah, well... Uh, to the neutral, yeah, I knew we could go there, but the way they set up and the way, the way we set up, I knew we had a good chance against them. Rod? It's true that Carrick is a, a very, very tough place to go. It's, it's probably the hardest place in the league to go, um, and Carrick will rely a lot on their home form. But Balamina are very physical, physical side. They're physically very strong, and I think it could suit Balamina also, and I think Balamina will go and win 3-1. Uh, also on Friday night this week, uh, Glenavon are at home to Coleraine. Interesting match. Glenavon haven't really started the way they would have wanted to. Losing to Dungannon would have been a big blow to Gary Hamilton. And I think um, the manner of the team start didn't please him at all. Coleraine going down there. They've looked quite tasty away from home. Like going to Windsor Park and winning 4-2. That's a phenomenal result. Uh, yeah, but then you take the draw against Institute. Well, um, that will have been a major disappointment, I would have thought, to Orrin Kearney. Um, drawn against Institute, who are have been whipping boys so far. Um, uh, I'm going to go 2-2 with this one, Pete. Uh, uh, it's a really tough one to call, isn't it, Mike? Yes, it is. Really tough, because Glenavon will be uh, demanding a reaction as well. But look, two two really good teams. It's going to be a battle. I would, I would agree with you. It's going to be a draw down there. Have, have the results this season, for you, whenever you look at it, just make you think that you can beat anybody in the league on your day? Yeah, Looking across the league, um, most of those teams, you know, if you look at them, I think on their day they can beat anyone. Just like I believe on our day we can beat any of them. Um, so, and that's why I said at the beginning, this league this year is going to be really, really competitive. I think it's going to, nobody's going to break away. 
so it's it's great to see at this early stage. And even the Blues? I think it's going to be so competitive. I mean, this European run that they're on, is that a good thing for their league this season? Is it a distraction? Is it, who knows how that's going to play out? Nobody knows. But they're a really strong team. But I think there's also other really strong teams in this league this year. Is your ultimate aim here, Mick, to do what Linfield are doing this season and become a big force in Europe? Glentorn have an amazing European tradition. And it's brilliant. And obviously, Glentorn fans want to win titles, domestic cups, all that. But in Europe, there's something special about Europe for this club. So would you like to do what Linfield have achieved this season? That's the ultimate goal, yeah. Qualify for Europe. And then the bigger goal after that is one day get into the group stage of one of those European competitions, like some of the southern teams have done. That's the ultimate goal, yeah. Glenavon on Friday night then, Rod, what do you think? Um, watching Glenavon at the weekend, I'm sure Gary was disappointed with their performance. He'd be looking at a reaction. Um, Cole Rain will also look a little re- reaction, league reaction after drawing against Institute. They have James McLaughlin coming back, who's a, who's a very good striker, who got sent off here um, a few weeks ago. Um, he lied till, uh, he lied to the disappointment of losing Owen Bradley. I think there'll be goals in it. Um, I think it'll be a draw as well. One each, two each. All right, end of the fixtures then Saturday. Warren Point at home with Cliffenville and... I mean, the dismal start of the season continues at one point. They've had a nightmare. They really have, Pete. Um, last season, they lost their first six league games in a bounce. If they don't buck up their ideas, they're going to go the same way. They lost against the Welders as well in the League Cup, and that will have been a real sore one for Stephen McDonald because he'll have targeted that match. He'll have thought, right, then this is the victory, and then we kick on from here. Now, it's ironic that last season it was at home to Cliftonville that they got their first win. So maybe McDonald will be thinking, you know, a year on, we could repeat this. For them to repeat it, though, the Warren Point players, and I know them, I watched them a lot last season, they have to start delivering for the football club, they have to start delivering for the manager, and they have to start delivering for themselves. And if they don't do that, they're going to be in the middle of a relegation battle. Um, Alan O'Sullivan scored two goals against Cliftonville last season in a 2-1 win. He is going to be crucial at the weekend very very good player and they're going to have to look to people like Danny Wallace as well to stop the likes of Joe Gormley Rory Donnelly and very interesting that Chris Curran has come back into the Cliftonville team and has started to score goals as Stephen Baxter said in the show last week he is very very capable player and I think maybe Warren Point their drought might go on I just think Cliftonville will win 2-1 but I think Warren Point will put up a much bigger fight than they have done in recent games McDonald will demand it. Rod, if you were in that dressing room, what would you be saying to the Warren Point players? He just has to lift them as best as he possibly can. He has to stick to what he believes in himself. He obviously has a football philosophy that he that he thinks is going to get him results, and it has done in the past. Would you be playing it from the back every week? But uh, yes, to an extent, um, to an extent. But there's there's sometimes you may be better off losing the ball in the in the final third as as to lose it in your own defensive third. Um, so there's, there's maybe a little bit of time and a place at, at this moment in time it's about grinding out a result I think first and foremost what Warren Point will want to do is score a goal they haven't scored any league goals this season so far so they'll want to register a goal they'll be disappointed not to beat the Harland Wolf Welders in the cup um, but they, as I say from somewhere he has to lift the players it's a difficult difficult game after what the player, the Cliftonville players have been through this past couple of weeks as well there they're maybe going to use the fact that Warren Point changed their season around last season on the back of a, a, a result against them, so they'll maybe go and use that as a positive for them and, and try to overturn Warren Point, which I'm sure they will. I feel a buck coming on here. What do you think the score's going to be? I think Cliftonville will win 2-0. All right, Mick? 
think Cl I watched Cliftonville play against Coleraine up there a couple of weeks ago. I took a drive up there and watched that. Thought Coleraine uh, controlled the game. I was actually a bit disappointed with Cliftonville on that day, but I also know their squad. I know their players and I know their their manager. Paddy's a a, a sharp fella and he's got them working really hard. They work really hard, they're really competitive, but their individual quality is outstanding. And I think when it comes down to those moments in the game where that individual quality is needed, you know, Warren Point might come out there with a game plan to defend and defend well, And but I think Cliftonville as a team and with the individuals they have are just too strong for them at this point. I would go with a 2-0 victory. So we're here to see you next, and the Crews played in Gannon, and it's the top two. It's a top-of-the-table thriller. <laughs> Who'd have thought right. that at the start of the season? Dungannon have been the team of the season so far domestically. There's no two ways about that. And um, Chris Lindsay and his players, led by the brilliant Sean and Lucas, deserve every credit. Yeah. I think, though, they're going to come in for a rude awakening at Seaview because knowing Stephen Baxter, he will not have been happy to only draw it home to Lauren last weekend, Pete. And I think the crews will um, uh, really motor on and win that game and maybe win it with a bit to spare. Dungannon can go into the game with great confidence. There's no two ways about that. But they're coming up against a side with the likes of Jordan Owens, Paul Heatley. I don't think they'll have faced a team with that much power so far this season. And, and you've got to mention David Cushley in that goal last week. Well, Cushley, listen, he does that all the time. He's a class act. And it'll also be interesting, I think, for Chris Hegarty who um, came from Dungannon and Jarlath O'Rourke as well another Dungannon player who's gone to the cruise to play against their team and fate plays a hand in football it would not surprise me if Hegarty nods one in um, first half, second half and Crusaders go on and win that one 3-1 Mick? I think Crusaders will be too strong for them at their place on that surface with the players they have I agree with you I don't think Dungannon's faced a team like that with the pace and the power and the directness as well so yeah, I think it would be a, I would go with a, a one nil victory for the Crews. I've got a funny feeling Rod will think think Anna can get something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I think I think Crusaders will win. Uh, I think they'll just have too much for Dungan. Um, it's been a great start. It's probably a free one for Chris. He probably can go there after after the back half. But is there any free ones in management? Be honest. Well, if he's, t he's ten points in the board, we sure I sort of looked at his first five games and thought to myself, well, if he had five points in the board after five games, he's he's done very he's done very well in terms of the start that we had. Um, he's now ten points, so we probably I, f I feel as if it's a free one for him. They'll go with no fear. They're fit. They're energetic. They've they've got a little bit about them, and they'll go and try and ask Crusaders questions. But ultimately, they'll boil down to a little bit of quality, and, and I think Crusaders will have more quality than what Dungan have. Score prediction. It can't be too hard, can it? 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Who's going to win the title, Rod? Uh, I said from the very beginning, Linfield. I felt Linfield would win. Um, I do agree with Mick, what he said earlier, in terms of is it a good thing or a bad thing in terms of their league form. Uh, they have a lot of competi competition for places. They, they can replace Joel Cooper with Niall Quinn. They can replace Kirk Miller with Jordan Stewart. So rotation to the squad for Linfield this season is going to be paramount, I think. Um, but I still, I still think that they'll they'll use the experience of of Europe and they'll still win the league, providing they have enough energy come to the later stages. Rod talks about managers having a, a free one, as he calls it. You have no free one to make, do you? He's Glenn Torn manager. He definitely no. has no free one. <laughs> no. We don't have free passes during the game. You make two or three bad passes, we get, uh, we hear it. So look, we know our our fans are demanding here. I like that. Ain't they just? <laughs> well, they they were used to success in the past. They they have the memories of those days, and 
they demand it to come back. So we know what we've walked into here. The players feel it. I mean, believe me, when we come off the field after good performances, uh, cold rain performance here, for example, I thought we should have got a better result out of that game. We pushed and pushed until the 93rd, 94th minute. And then we go to Dungannon and have you know a poor first half, and you know we got slaughtered coming off the pitch. So we know there's no there's no free ones for us um, here. So, but look, we know that we can deal with it. Sky cameras here Monday yep. night. Yep. Glance against Institute. You don't have to give us a score prediction, by the way. But are you excited about it? Yeah, I am. Hope the sky cameras get me up in the director's box. Well, I won't be on the bench again. You're banned, aren't you? Ah, banned again. <laughs> Two match ban. But how it. does that sit with you? look probably won't be the last time I hope it's the last time but I have to take the medicine for what we did and I'll deal with it but look I've got a great staff you know Paul Kieran, and John John won't be on the bench either actually so he'll be sitting beside me I'll have, <laughs> to, I'll have, to, I'll have to put an earplug in so he doesn't talk to me for the whole match but no really looking forward to it Sky TV I think we'll have a, a really good crowd here for a Monday night I mean you saw Rodney was here for the Tuesday night game I think we had close to 3,000 there for a Tuesday night game um, so Monday night, yeah, really, really, really looking for. I think the players are looking forward to it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Bigo, how do you see it going? I think Glentoran will win and win well. I have a sense that this could be a brilliant season for Glentoran, and not in terms of the league title. I don't. I, 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 I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think you're your league title challengers. Okay, I just don't. I don't think you've got the quality. But I do believe you can win a cup competition. And Glentoran fans have been crying out for trophies, silverware, just some sort of success. And I think this could be the season. I just look at the players on the pitch. I also get a feeling from the players when I talk to them. And they, they're feeling good about this. They are. They're, and I haven't had that sense with Glentoran for a long time. I think the club made a right mess of the whole Gary Smith, Paul Lehman thing. But I think now they're building and they could be building something special. And that's why I asked you about if Ali Poor was in this for the long term. Glentoran fans deserve success um, because they have stuck through. They've stuck through thick and thin with this football club. So it's about time they got some reward. And I know I've taken stick from Glentoran fans for years and years and years, and they call me all sorts. But Glentoran's a proper football club, Pete. It really is, and um, it could do with a boost around this area as well for East Belfast, which hasn't had the easiest of times. And I think this could be a really good season. I think a good season for Glentoran is top six and a, a cup. I think they'll take that right now. In terms of um, against Institute, I think they'll put on a show. I think they'll win 4-1. And um, the strikers that we mentioned earlier um, will be on target. Wouldn't be surprised if John Heron gets one as well. He's a class act. So um, Glentoran to win. And I'd be really interested to hear what Rod has to say because when Gary Haverin was sacked, Rod McAree actually had the chance to become Glentoran manager and turned him down. That could have panned out bad for me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Monday night will be a good game. I think it'll be a good footballing game. I look at the I look at the league and there's set, there's eight teams in the league who I feel can are are fighting for a top six finish, and any one of those eight teams can finish in the top three or four, in my opinion. So these games for Glentoran are going to be very important in terms of picking up maximum points because Glentoran I'm sure Mick will, will look at the teams the so-called teams that's supposed to be below them uh, and look to get maximum points out of them first and foremost and then capitalise on them with what we can pick up in other games so it's a, it's a massively important game as I say it'll be a good football game um, but I think Glentoran will have too much I think they'll, they'll win 2 or 3 nil. Any regrets about turning Glentoran down that time? 
I don't think you can look back and have regrets with anything, you know. It, I look back at my, my football career whenever I was across the water, I could have put a wee bit more effort into that, but I had a very good time as well, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have too many regrets. <laughs> good man. I like your style, Rod. Yeah, Rod, always good to see you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Mick, absolute pleasure. Good luck for the weekend. Thank you very much. We'll see you later in the season. Fingers crossed. And hopefully no more after this band's out of the way. Hopefully no more time. Hopefully no more. Hopefully That's no the more. end of it. Uh, thank you very much for watching this week. Uh, I'll be back next week and enjoy your weekend's football.